My dad tells the story of when he was 10 years old, he had been told in his tradition of church that they went to, which was a Mennonite church, uh, very similar to an Amish church, that uh, those who are of the age of 12 or even under the age of 12 and younger, that they were not of the age of awareness of God and that in fact they weren't ready to make a, such an important decision to follow Jesus themselves. But at the age of 10, my dad at a, a camp that he was invited to by one of his friends who went to a Baptist church, uh, was, uh, he heard the gospel, he sensed the Spirit calling him in, and in a way he thought, nobody else is going to find out about this, so I'm going to make the decision to place my, my life in God's hands and trust my life to Jesus. From that point on, he never looked back. And when he went home, his mother, my grandmother, said, what's happened to you? Something's different. And he couldn't keep it in. He had to share what had happened. He'd become a Christian. In the Mennonite church, they believe that uh, somebody comes of age at the uh, age of 12. They become, I guess, aware of the presence of God, aware of God at that age. And uh, they become aware that, um, that their life is in need of a saviour. Uh, whether that's uh, accurate or not, I'm not going to debate that here today. But I just wanted to tell that story because here we are as a church, we've turned the age of 12. And in some senses, I just really sense that God wanted me to turn back to a scripture. Uh, it's in Luke chapter 2. It talks about Jesus as a 12-year-old. We pick up on some of the heart that he had at the time. And for us as a church that's turned 12, even though uh, what we see of Jesus' story could be applied to us personally. I wanted to apply it to us as a church this morning uh, and what it looks like for us to have an awareness of the presence of God. We've just finished doing a series on the presence of God and I just really sense that this, was, this I guess, was a, a bonus addition to that series, if that's okay. Uh, I think of those who uh, experienced for themselves for the very first time the awareness of God. Charles Finney, uh, a guy who uh, ended up going on to be quite a general in the faith, uh, led many people to faith. In fact, not just that, it came with signs and wonders, some incredible things. But when he first became a Christian, uh, he still was wrestling with, is this really what this is all about? Just believing intellectually. I want to meet with God face to face. I want to have an awareness of his presence. And so he decided, I'm going into the woods and I'm not coming back out until I actually meet uh, God personally, myself. He was there for several hours. The sun had gone down by this stage. And then all of a sudden, he had this overwhelming sense of God's presence. He became aware of God's presence and everything shifted. Here's the thing. When we become aware of the presence of God, everything can change from that point on. When we become aware of the presence of God, He begins to show us things that are on His heart. He begins to interact with us beyond just the, uh, the belief of knowing about God. And He begins to show us His very nature, Himself. He begins to relate with us. Well, where can we find this kind of thing in Scripture? Well, we're going to go to uh, Jesus' story in just a moment. But think of, firstly, Jacob, the grandson of Abraham. Here he was fleeing from his home uh, in the very early days. He was fleeing because his brother Esau was angry at him. He had uh, deceived his brother in order to get the promise, the inheritance of God's promise over 
his father Isaac. And so he was fleeing from that. Even though he had done it in the wrong way, he had hungered for uh, the promises of God. He didn't have any, uh, I guess, from what we know, he didn't have any encounter with God in such a way where he was like, yes, this is what I want. Instead, he knew of the promises of God. He knew what God had done in his father Isaac, and he chased after it. He wanted that inheritance. But when he fled, it was because it's all out of his own strength. He had the belief, but he didn't have the outcomes. He didn't have the fruit. It was on that journey, as he was fleeing away, that he found himself in a place all alone. And that night, as he fell asleep, uh, he saw a vision in a dream of heaven opening above him and a, a ladder or a staircase uh, going from heaven all the way down to the earth. And he saw angels ascending and descending down that staircase. And he woke up thinking, I was not aware. Surely God is in this place. He built an altar. He built an altar before the Lord. And in that place, uh, he recognized God, you are in this place. He called it Bethel, the house of God, the very place where God resides. This was his thought around that place. And so in that moment, God reaffirms his covenant in a very personal way to Jacob and things shift from that point on into his walk uh, in becoming the full maturity of who God was calling him to be. That was Jacob. Now, another person I want to share with you about is Peter. Peter was a fisherman. He was called to follow Jesus. He recognized that Jesus was not quite possibly the Messiah, but he'd seen miracles that showed him he has to be the Messiah. So he had the intellectual belief and he'd also given up everything to follow him uh, and even through his um, his journey he began to see God at work where there was encounters of God with him but I want to take you to a place where he ended up going up a mountain with Jesus with two other disciples it was they ended up calling this mountain the Mount of Transfiguration because what happened on that mountain was Jesus ends up becoming in his uh, glorified state as white as white uh, in fact, like a lightning uh, kind of uh, brilliance about him. And the glory cloud of God descends over the, the top of the mountain, over Jesus, over the disciples. And they recognize, oh no, I'm aware now, God is in this place. They saw Moses, they saw Elijah meeting with Jesus. And Peter, quite fum, you know, fumbling around as to what to say, says, uh, maybe we should build some, you know, some long-term housing for these guys so that we can stay longer. And then he hears God say to him, uh, this is my son in whom I'm well pleased. Listen to him. Peter has an amazing awareness of the presence of God. He knew about God, but now he had an awareness of God. Do you know, later on, Peter reflects back in one of his letters. He says, and we know we were witnesses of the fact that Jesus was in his glorified state, that God spoke from the heavens. We heard it. We saw it. We, we were aware of his presence. It defined who Peter was. Now, let me take you to the story of Jesus. We find this in Luke chapter 2. Jesus, uh, along with his family, they decide, in fact, this was a yearly, an annual thing that they did. They traveled from Nazareth all the way to Jerusalem, which uh, we get the idea was a, a few days trek for them to go from the one town to the, to the city of Jerusalem. And they went to the festival of the Passover. They, they went with their family and their friends. It was a larger group that went. 
I don't know how many they would have had, but it was enough that uh, you start to lose count of heads, I guess. When they get there, the Passover festival happened. They began to pack up, get ready to go home. And uh, Mary and uh, Joseph, uh, reason that they, had, they thought they had seen Jesus amongst some of their other friends and uh, family. So they, they reasoned that it's time to go. And uh, I've seen this happen in my own family uh, before where mum left and I got left behind thinking that I was with somebody else that was traveling with them. Jesus gets left behind. Uh, Mary and Joseph, about a day into their trek home, realize, I haven't seen Jesus. He hasn't come for dinner. He hasn't come and uh, uh, made himself known that he's here. Uh, and they started to ask around to the different families, maybe ahead of them, behind them. And then they soon realized, oh no, we've lost the Son of God. Can you imagine that moment? We have just misplaced the Son of God, what do we do? And uh, so they ended up going back to Jerusalem to try and find him, retrace their tracks. They end up three days later finding Jesus sitting in the temple courts, talking to others who uh, were discussing different things about the nature and, uh, and story of God and, and the different scriptures that surrounded him. And here was Jesus. He's talking to them, not with you know the clever Sunday school answers of, um, answering Jesus and God, but uh, here he had an intimate knowledge. In fact, they were surprised that he knew so much about God. And he's at the age of 12. Now, uh, as Jesus was um, talking with these guys, Mary comes in and says, what on earth are you doing here? We've been looking for you everywhere. Wouldn't you have thought to come and look for us, in other words? And Jesus answers it with a very interesting answer. I want to read it to you. And it's found in Luke chapter 2 and verse 49. He says, why are we searching for me? He answers a question with a question. He asks, didn't you know I had to be in my father's house? Didn't you know I had to be in my father's house? For Jesus, it was totally logical that he would be found in his home address, the house of God. Uh, it was totally normal. In fact, I would like to suggest for you and I that for those who place their trust in Jesus and become a new creation in God with the Spirit of God placed in you, that it's totally logical. It's totally normal for you to be found in the Father's house, to be found with an awareness of the presence of God. Listen, uh, Psalm chapter 84, verse 2. The psalmist uh, here says, uh, in fact, it's Korah, the sons of Korah. They write this song and they say in verse two, my soul yearns, even faints for the courts of the Lord. My heart and my flesh cry out for the living God. Here they have this uh, yearning for being in the same presence of where God resides in the temple courts. Again, the uh, sons of Korah write in Psalm chapter 42, verses 1 to 2, As the deer pants for streams of water, so my soul pants for you, my God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When can I go, listen to this, when can I go and meet with God? Here is this desire for the presence of God. Here is this desire to actually be found with the living God. It's this deep desire to, um, to be found in an awareness of his presence. 
is totally natural, totally logical to be found in the house of God, to be found in his presence. Now, Jesus, uh, he says to his, to his mother, isn't it logical? Isn't it where you'd want to find me? In the, and he could have said the house of God, but instead he says in the father's house, in my father's house. He's a 12 year old and he understands already at this age that his heavenly father is uh, his daddy, his father. There's something about when we come into faith through Jesus and the spirit of God births in us into our spirit. There's something logical to be found in not just God's house, but to know him as our father, that there's an intimacy. There's this inside knowledge, this inside awareness that we belong to him. Listen in Romans chapter eight, uh, verses 14 through to 16. Paul says, for those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. The Spirit you receive does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, the Spirit you received brought about your adoption to sonship. You're not slaves anymore. You are sons. And by him we cry, Abba, Father, or Daddy. There's this natural cry that comes out that knows their own father. This awareness of who he is. The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Jesus understood himself to be a part of uh, Father God's family. He understood himself to be the Son of God. He had within himself this logic that uh, I, it, it's totally normal, totally logical to actually be amongst not just the house of God where his presence is, but to be relating to him as my father, as my daddy. I just want to suggest to you that maturity is just what Jesus uh, actually um, models here at the age of 12. Maturity is coming in and saying, I'm becoming aware of the presence of God. Maturity is saying, I understand myself to be a son or a daughter of the heavenly father. I have been birthed with his spirit. I'm a new creation in him. Jesus was said to have later on by John the Baptist, John says, I come to baptize in water. The one who is coming will baptize in the spirit of God. Totally new things that uh, was not accessible to everybody before now was becoming accessible to you and I. I want to suggest to you that when Jesus talks about being in the father's house, this uh, was representative of a larger people. And that, in fact, for us, there is something about being not in a building, but being collectively together where the spirit of God manifests in love, in receiving of the spirit and also ministering through the spirit to one another in order to build one another up. The father's house is when his people come together and the spirit of God manifests through them to one another. I can tell you I've been missing that over the last six months. Uh, just this last week, we had a worship night um, where all of the worship team came together for those who could make it. And uh, we began to pray for each other. And I'll tell you what, the Spirit of God was at work. It was so powerful. I went away just so charged up. Yes, God, this is the kind of thing that you intended for your church, that they would meet together, that they would build each other up. 
And I wanted to read to you from Ephesians chapter 4. And uh, just the way that Paul describes this body that comes together and why it is so important that we meet together as uh, not just as an individual who's aware of the presence of God, but as a body that invests in each other, a body of Christ, the house of God, the living temple of God, where he manifests himself through the body. Uh, Ephesians chapter 4, verse, uh, let's start in verse 11. So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors and teachers to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up. You might want to underline that part there, built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Notice he says, Christ gave in order to equip. So all of these works of the Holy Spirit uh, is in order to equip you and I in order to uh, then build up the body through the presence of God and the gifting that he's placed on you and the love that he has placed in you to build up the body into the full measure, the maturity, the fullness of who Christ is. The church was meant to represent not just as a house of God where people come to to hopefully hang out with the presence of God, but that they would be a people where the presence of God is so uh, so uh, excited, excitingly through the, the people of God that each one, aware of the presence, ministers to each other who become aware of the presence. He's calling us into that kind of maturity. I just want to close with, uh, the, the final part of the story of Jesus as a 12-year-old is said of, of him in almost a commentary. And you can almost hear Mary explaining this to Luke as Luke is writing down the story of an early episode of Jesus. And it's in verse 52 that he commentates, or Mary even gives a summary of the years to come over his teenage years. This is the teenage years where Jesus would have had his voice crack, where he would have had pimples quite possibly, if you can imagine him with a pimple on the end of his nose and awkwardly learning how to become a new adult. But listen to what it says of Jesus as a summary version of him in his teenage years. And Jesus grew in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and men. Jesus grew in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and with men. Wisdom in the sense of which he was learning the blueprint of heaven he was uh, humble enough to take a hold of everything that was of the kingdom of heaven and to apply into his life with radical obedience. He was learning to step into wisdom. He was applying himself, even when nobody else was watching, over the next number of years, even when he wasn't leading anyone, he was learning to grow in wisdom. There is a place for you to grow in wisdom, even when nobody else is watching, even when nothing is required of you, where you're coming into the fullness of wisdom. He was growing in stature. Stature simply is... Uh, growing in the uh, maturity, the, the, um, the strength uh, for, a, for a, the frame of a person is growing from a young man into the full stature of an adult. For a church, it's growing from a young church into the full stature of a church where a church is becoming uh, more and more like Christ, the full maturity of who Christ is. Favor with God is simply where you begin to see answers to prayer, healings 
where you see things open up that could only be opened up by God, where you see his favor in certain relationships and uh, people being led to faith, all of those things. Favor with men is when you begin to see uh, outcomes of, of people who, from the outside, make connections that you couldn't have made before, but they just seem to, God has the favor with them. Uh, maybe it's they, they actually help you with a grant to get things through. I just believe that God is shaping us as a 12-year-old and into our next years to grow in wisdom, stature, favor with God and favor with men. So I pray for you that uh, this would be a time where not only are you celebrating our 12th birthday, but you're thinking of what it means for us to be aware of his presence and to grow into the nature of who God is and his heart for, for us as a church and in reaching our community, uh, reaching uh, those around us with uh, the, the presence of God, the awareness of God, the favor of God and his love for them. Let me pray. Father God, I pray for our church, that we would be a church that, uh, that grows, just as we see in Jesus' life, that grows with a hunger for your presence. Uh, Lord, a desire to meet together, knowing you as Father, uh, knowing our identity in you, uh, but then also being aware of your presence amongst each other in order to minister to each other and also to receive from each other. Build us up into the full maturity of Christ, we ask in Jesus' name. Lead us to be a church that, that uh, not only matures, but leads others and uh, those alongside us into the maturity of Christ. We ask in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen.